Davidson doing these days oh man you it's everything I don't know if Google keeps sending me any alert that has Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande in it and I didn't ask for that but I think it's your fault somehow <laughs> but phone. apparently oh my god his new stand-up is all about Y'all. her and he dropped no. her name or he subtweeted her on SNL yeah what? y'all I just opened my Twitter. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even looking for anything. And I hit the little search button to go search for Pete Davidson. And the very motherfucking first thing that pops up mm-hmm. before I can even search for him, Pete Davidson is turning heads at Sundance. Let's see why and really date this podcast. <laughs> I guess he has a movie he's in, probably. First right? lead movie role, Big Time Adolescence. Okay. Let's see. Oh, it's just him hanging out. That's Sundance news. Always. Uh, who? He's just there. And yeah. yeah. They're like, well, well, like he's, he's here with an entourage. Uh huh. Yeah. I got the same news story, except it was about Jenny Slate, because that's who I search about. I like who? her. Jenny right. Slate. Jenny Slate's oh, yeah. the best. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. She's fun. John Cryer. Is he hanging out at Sundance? Yeah. There you go. He That's punches the Pete Davidson in the face in this movie. <sighs> That's less exciting than if he punches him that in the face at Sundance. Is like a really like like Ducky punching Pete Davidson is something in my head that is yeah, that's like punching a mirror. <laughs> kind of. Of yourself but from I'm 30 years ago. But I'm also like super hotted out by it. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what's going on with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. To each her own. I mean, I kind of get it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I can. I don't know. I know that. Like if Tori Amos punched Lindsay Lohan, that would turn me on. Yeah. I <laughs> Ducky and Pete Davidson. Come yeah. on. Who doesn't want to see that scrawny boy fight? Did you watch Ariana Grande's new music video? The like Seven Rings one or whatever? No. Um, apparently, she wrote the song after her and her friends went to Tiffany's and they had the best time ever. And at the end of it, she just bought all seven of her friends engagement rings because fuck i guess you don't have to be engaged to have an engagement ring but you do have to have enough money to buy seven fucking engagement rings from I tiffany's know. this also sounds like josephine's like why can't we have christmas candy all year round and then i have to remind her because then it won't be special when christmas happens yeah damn i know is mom the fuck <laughs> ariana grande i've been wanting to mom some grande for a while <laughs> i uh, have definitely thought about buying my own engagement ring. 
just so I can be left the fuck alone. I totally get that. Like, I think the whole, like, I'm going to buy it, do it for myself thing. Yeah. But, yeah. like, this whole, like, message of, like, everybody, if it becomes, like, a trend to just, like, everybody gets themselves an enga- engagement right. ring before they get engaged, then it's just another, like, gender reveal party piece of bullshit that we don't oh, need God. one more thing to celebrate nothing in our lives. But oh, how I fucked up is it to get an those. engagement ring for yourself after you're engaged? <laughs> Right. Mm, this mm. one's not good. I got myself one. <laughs> I Fuck you. The two hundred thousand dollar one. <laughs> that is an interesting That's move. That's a move. That's I'm, a I move. actually got a lot of respect yeah. for that move. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna do it. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's true too. I had a boss in Santa Cruz who married himself for like real like dennis rodman style Mm-hmm. got a preacher and everything and like got a ceremony and like it was just him and he had a registry and we were all supposed to buy him gifts he's he's like i'm not did you buy him a gift no i wasn't invited what a dick i know well, well, i like how nice incensed you just got that this selfish piece of shit didn't invite <laughs> yeah. somebody i mean i got i kinda, didn't know I didn't he was pay. selfish until then i think he did it on an airplane it was weird. Is that what? like the same as a ship captain or something? Yeah. Like they're like, put it on autopilot. We're going to marry this guy to himself. Yeah. I remember I tried to like make it a state. He's gay. And I was trying to make it a statement about gay marriage because this is before California legalized it and then unlegalized it and then relegalized it. And then it wasn't a point in then the country. Anyway, before all that happened, I thought he was making a point about gay marriage, but he wasn't. He was just a narcissist. <laughs> I like that story. Mm. Can that be my story? No, I'll I'll tell my other real story. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm Lisa Friedrich. Oh, I'm Karina Magar. <laughs> I'm Whitney Lamond. I forgot. How do we know what order to do that in? I, do, I we think don't. Someone just, says it first. It's like it, an improv game. It, it kind of is. It is. This is Weird Brunch, though. I before think we, we forgot that one part. Before we keep going before before anybody does fucking anything if i say to follow us on things does that end the episode is that part of yep. the game okay It'll so end right here don't follow us yet listen yeah. to the entire episode and keep then follow it. us but you Open. know what you could do now because we never say this is rate and review us and share this with your friends okay. rate it before oh, you yeah. listen yeah rate it before i start talking because <laughs> yes it's just gonna go downhill and then follow us after you listen to see if we ever get better right Right. That's isn't that it a could fun? Happen. That's a fun. It, we could get better. It could happen. I think um, we improve a little bit each episode. We I sure think, do. Uh, I think that's <laughs> why not. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Guys, I'm so proud of us. We should get rings. Let's get each other rings. <laughs> Let's just get like each other Ariana rings. Grande. Yeah. Speaking of rings. Oh my God. I can't believe that this works, but it does. Woo! <laughs> I'm excited. In the 1870s, rich Americans came up with a new scheme. They sold their daughters abroad, marrying them off to British aristocrats in exchange for a title. Isn't that the oldest scheme? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but yeah. like when Americans <laughs> like, were doing it, it was like, whoa, we just thought of this in the last, we haven't thought about it in 100 years, so let's do it now. Yep. They were like, hey, a century ago, we fought against royalty. Now we want some. Mm-hmm. Buying noble titles was an old practice, of course, but Americans took it to a new level with Gilded Age marriages. American brides carried huge fortunes across the sea, including some of the most lavish dowries in history. 
In a matter of decades, the dollar princesses, that's what they were called. Dollar princesses. Wow. Mine would be mm-hmm. the half-smoked carton of Winston Light princess. <laughs> that's me. Um, hold on. Wasn't this what the plot of Titanic was? Uh, Yes. Is that what's happening to Kate? Oh, wait. Is it the other way around? No, it's the other way around. Oh, okay. It's the other way around. She's poor and she's marrying... A dollar prince. Yeah. Billy Zane. Billy Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Billy eyebrows. Uh, In a matter of decades, the dollar princess has sent $25 billion to the UK, propping up aristocratic families and infusing the European economy with new money. Taking our money. Uh, I don't know. Like many brides, Consuelo Vanderbilt... That's a fun name. Daughter of the railroad millionaire cried on her wedding day, but her tears weren't tears of joy. (laughs) Dramatic. Did she have allergies? That would be me. She sneezed so many times. She just cried. But they were not sneezes of joy. On November 6, 1895, crowds lined the streets of Manhattan's Fifth Avenue as the bride traveled down to St. Thomas Episcopal Church to marry Charles Spencer Churchill, the ninth Duke of Marlborough. Wait. Like Churchill? Churchill, like the Churchill. Spencer Churchill. Yeah, but like... Not like... Of Marlborough? Wasn't that what the other was Churchill was? Say, that's a nice brand of cigarette. Whitney, you relate like, to this however you need to. I will, I will. Is that Winston's dad? Great, Winston's dad. Um, it might be. Maybe was Winston half Vanderbilt? I that's what I'm wondering. I'm looking at it. I up. bet you there's some going. weird. Okay. Vanderbilt ties. later admitted, I spent the morning of my wedding day in tears and alone. Uh, uh, no one came near me. <laughs> Yike. Yeah. Uh, Vanderbilt and her fellow Americans became known as the Dollar Princesses. They were America's richest daughters and they attracted aristocratic suitors with declining fortunes. In exchange for their fortunes, the Americans claimed titles that linked them to a noble past. <gasps> Mar- what? No. Uh, it's, but his dad was rot. Wait, what? Sorry. Sorry. Was I really fucked this up. Lord Randolph Churchill? Also married Jenny Jerome, a dollar princess born in America in 1874. Oh, so that was a, like a Churchill thing. Like the Churchills love doing this. Yeah. So they're like the first mail order brides. Yeah. Well, not the first, not but. Not really, because mail order brides typically come with. Yeah, money. they don't. They have were money. bringing you pay for them over there. That's yeah. true. Um, so Mary Leiter, daughter of the co-founder of Marshall Field, drew praise for her swan-like figure and navigated social elite circles. She made her way into British nobility into, in 1895 as well when she married Lord George Curzon, later moving to India after her husband was appointed viceroy. So this lady, she was uh, Chicago, from Chicago, but through marriage, she was elevated to the per- position of Vicerine of India. Ooh. That's fun to so say. So some of them were like, mm, look what I can do. So she was like, I can navigate the shit out of some shit. I can rule this country. Here's Jenny, Jenny Jerome. Jerome. Jenny Jerome was one of the first dollar princesses in 1874. The Brooklyn-born daughter of a real estate developer married Lord Randolph Churchill. As God, Korean imagine told us. her accent. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Jerome, fond of dressing up like the Byzantine Empress Theodora, brought enormous wealth to her new husband, who was barely scraping by on an allowance from his father. Jerome's father gave them 50,000 pounds and a large allowance reserved just for Jerome. Jerome's marriage was uh, marked by some scandal when her first child, Winston, was born seven months after the wedding. (laughs) He was always ready for battle. Many British aristocrats bit their tongues at her claim that a fall had brought on premature labor. After all, the baby appeared full Bye. term. She meant she fell in bed two of months before the wedding. Yeah. yeah, but like Winston Churchill would have appeared f- like full term no matter when he was born. <laughs> like if he was born six weeks into it, he still would have looked full term. Have you he seen that man? Yeah, he would have popped out with a monocle and a cigar. Many dollar princesses weren't p- willing participants in the arrangement. Uh, Consuela Vanderbilt, for example, was in love with another man when she wed the Duke of Marlborough. On the morning of her wedding, she remembered a footman had been posted at the door of my apartment and not even my governess was admitted. Like an autumn... Automaton? Automaton. What is that? (laughs) What's an automaton? It's like a robot without a brain. Oh, like in a like automated. So so why would I not say automated? Automaton. Say it again. Automaton. I good. donned the lovely lingerie with its real lace and white silk stockings and shoes. So she, she was like just a, saying, what's the one? The um, booby girls. From yes. Um, golden eye or whatever. Mm-hmm, not golden eye. The other one. Austin Powers. Yes, mm-hmm. but Fembots. Got it. Yes, I just hit the mic. Sorry. Sorry. Right. I punched it. Uh, grooms even took out ads looking for rich brides. This is so weird to me. Yeah. I've got a name. You've got some money. It's weird that. Whoa. What? Is that what that song's about? Is that a is song? Is that a song? I've. I don't know You've what got song. The money. I've got Let's the time. Go. Okay, I've got the time. You've got the money. Yeah, that's like prostitute stuff. Mm. Yeah. Well, well mm. I don't know. How but it's like reverse a... prostitution. Yeah. I mean, but not even reverse. It's your whore for life. It's here's the thing. It it could only happen in an era where women were only worth money, right? So you would only agree to take an amazingly gorgeous and well brought up Super, woman as a yeah. wife if she was also rich. Yeah. Because that's how much women were hated and despised and yeah, resented. Yeah, but also like these people in America that are like at this point second, third generation Americans mm. are like, I I want that Marlboro or I want to be a viceroy or I want to be like... yeah. And the only way I can do that is to ship my daughter off with one of these guys. Yeah. Also, dollar princesses is grossly underestimating how much money went with these women. (laughs) Um, Let's see. In 1902, Mary Leiter celebrated the coronation of the new King Edward VII by donning a stunning dress designed by the House of Worth. 
and mm. the first couture designers. By I then, Lighter was the Viserine of India, and her gown measured up to her title. I can't get over a ton, automaton. I'm sorry. Automaton. Nope. <laughs> Why not? Automaton. <laughs> Because that's like the Larry the Cable Guy way of saying that word. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm Larry the Cable. Lisa the Cable Guy. Cable gal. No, um, right. Lisa the Cable Gal. Uh, oh, my God. If he ever gets a Daisy Duck, it'll be Lisa the Cable Gal, won't it? What is a Daisy Duck? You know, Donald Duck. Donald and Daisy. Oh. And then they, they have to come up with a Daisy so that Donald doesn't Lisa seem Lisa the gay. Internet Gal. <laughs> I'll fix your router. Anyway, I'll fix your router. <laughs> she, uh, th- these are all just stories about different, uh, different princesses. Yeah. yeah. One of them worked her way into parliament, which is kind of tight. Yeah. Uh, Nancy Langhorn Shaw shed her Virginia past when she married William Waldorf Astor. And wow. the pair moved to Cliveden House. Although William Astor was born in the U.S., he moved to London as a child and grew up surrounded by the English aristocracy. So that doesn't really count. They're both American. I mean, he grew up there. Didn't so. the Astors die on the Titanic? Sorry, I'm obsessed with the Titanic right Didn't now. he what? I thought Astor died on the Titanic. na na like they would have said that yeah after adopting the title lady astor the dollar princess became a fixture of the british social scene that is so hard to say british social Social scene scene. and she eventually managed to translate her status into a seat in parliament in 1919 lady astor ran for her husband's former seat in the house of commons becoming the second woman in history elected to parliament go bitch yes bitch Kitty Beach. I'm sorry. I'm tired of them talking about Consuela Vanderbilt because her she's just like I was an automaton that was sad. <laughs> automaton. <laughs> now I kind of like it that way. I like it too. Yeah. Also, it seems like this duke that she married was just kind of a dick. Like as soon as they were married, he was like, "I'm gonna repair all of this shit using your money." Well, I mean, that's why he married her. It wasn't about the love. Love. One father changed his mind and said selling daughters should be a hanging offense. Good. I mean, for I would you. argue that selling any human, but uh, yeah, that argument was still pretty fresh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Frank Work was kind of ahead of his time. Uh, he was kind of right in the middle of his time. Well, I mean. Selling... Oh, you mean in regards to women's? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, good for you, Frank. Work. Make it work. Work. <laughs> it's Tim Gunn's dad. Yeah. Grandfather. Um, but yeah. That's huh. uh, Dollar Princesses. We would... It's weird because I, I, I kind of like wish I was one. But then I'd realize... Then if I'm already rich... Then you don't What's need the to point? be... What's yeah. the point? It's I'm fine. saying like how much women didn't have rights then. And none. They and they had none. no property, the main thing. Okay. That wasn't yeah. their money. So I get... Unless they got married to somebody. Yeah. I get them wanting the title, but just because you sold your daughter over to like the 
Churchills doesn't mean that the dad is going to get the name. No, no. but the grandchild yes. will have okay. royal blood. The political clout. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, the clout of being like, oh, my daughter is a vice. Right. Yeah. Green. It works for the Astors. You know, like right. it actually does. And the Churchills. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. The, the Winston Churchill was the son of one of these guys who sold their daughters off. Yeah. I mean, good job. You made a Winston. You made a Winston. You made a bulldog. It's true. Yeah, dollar princesses worth more than a dollar. (laughs) I'm a dad. Um, All right. All right. All right. All right. Y'all didn't interrupt that one at all. I feel like I scared you off last episode. No, No, that one. That one was plausible. plausible. (laughs) Jinx. Sorry. It's fine. I'm going to eat nuts during the next... I don't know who's yeah. going next. You crack gonna, open those pistachios. That's a... Pistachios the whole time. I that's very... This fucking bag. <laughs> that's very appropriate because for the first time, I think, ever on this podcast, I'm actually going to talk about men. Uh, I'm sorry. Nuts. Eat some nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so loud. Good. <laughs> I'm glad it's... Uh, turn it up. Turn that down. Okay, yeah. And now you're just muting me. Now yeah, you're silencing me. I'm just going to mute you if you're okay with that i turned that light off i got so mad. <laughs> the world's not okay with it all right i gotta crack this one up with my teeth i don't know if i should tell this story or like do a hex like i don't know <laughs> i don't know what's happening are you gonna right hurt now. me okay okay she's taking her nuts off camera <laughs> off careful mic. don't hurt yourself yeah don't use your thumbs or just go crazy i know how to get into a pistachio just tell discard the, story. the pistachio <laughs> All right, so there's this condition that is commonly known as precocious puberty. Ooh. But that... It sounds like a musical song. (laughs) Precocious puberty. But that term covers anybody who has puberty, like, early. Yeah. So, like... Oh, I had that. Yeah, like, if you get your period at nine or your balls drop at... Yeah, you have, like, full tits at 11. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so and up next, full tits at eleven. <laughs> Film at eleven. Um, so I'm going to tell the story of a guy who had not just precocious puberty, but something called testotoxicosis, and this is a form of precocious puberty. Uh, testotoxicosis only happens to men because you have to have testicles. It's like a tonomaton. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, you're. Oxytocin. What happens is your body is missing the chromosome in your DNA that says, hold on, buddy, wait until you're a little bigger. And you get puberty at age two. <gasps> Actually, you get puberty at age like 18 months. Oh. But symptoms start showing up at two. Like, like ball hair? Uh, yeah, like full pubic hair, oh. rapid growth, erections, Jesus, aggression, musculature, everything. As like a two-year-old. Ugh. Yes. Ugh, that sounds gross and awful. And it's completely hereditary, so it's not uncommon for this to be grandpa had it, daddy had it, I have mm-hmm. it. And that's the story of this kid, um, which is a pretty great story. Um, what's his name? Sorry. Uh, Patrick Burley, um, two oh, years his old. His last name was Burley? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, two years old. Okay, so wait, here's a picture of him at age two. 
So he already looks like five years old. Yeah, very big kid. Uh, Big, angry kid. And then the more shocking stuff comes a little bit later. Yep. That's him at age three. And you can even like kind of check out his underoos. I'd rather not. Poor little kid. Yeah. Yeah. So like full grown looking ass kid uh, way early than everybody else. Age six, he looks 12. Age 12, he looks 18. Yeah. Um, as you can imagine, this makes him like the target of a lot of bullying. But see, when he was getting bullied and he defended himself he was 10 times stronger than his peers he kicked their ass and so he was the one who'd get in trouble couldn't he also just pull his dick out and be like look at this you sons of bitches i don't think seven-year-olds are impressed by that yeah um so he would get like you are he'd get in trouble (laughs) and he'd get into fights and whenever he got in a fight he would crush somebody because he was 10 times stronger than him and then he got labeled a bad boy and kids are stupid and then he became like the bad boy and he was able to obtain drugs, mm-hmm. women, cars, he all that stuff. Go buy booze. At age 10. Yeah. Ugh. So like his entire childhood was not only messed up by that timeline because his parents put him into classes with his own age, hoping that would help him academically so he wouldn't be struggling there. Right. But then, of course, it threw him off socially. So once he realized he could pass for older, and he did, he, then people would stop asking why he looked weird. He'd look normal. Right. Because they would just assume. He was a model at age 14. Wow. Um, in, in like magazines and stuff, smoking cigarettes, having sex and stuff. Like nobody knew. They all thought he was of age. Um, but the thing that goes with this that really sucked for him besides like the looking different was the aggression and the sexuality. So like he wanted to fuck in preschool real bad. And like he tells stories of like, you know, that innocent, like show me mine, I'll show you yours game that you play when like you're four. Um, and he was like telling stories about like doing that with a neighbor kid, except he had a boner and like really wanted to fuck her. Uh, and, like, yeah. So like, and he's four, yeah. so he has no impulse control and no idea what he's doing. And so like, this is terrifying. Like, oh my God. apparently his mom was a saint and like tried to protect him and shield him as much as she could. And of course, by the time he got to high school, everybody else had puberty and all of a sudden he wasn't anything special anymore. He was just another kid. Right. And all of a sudden like he could readjust and he ended up becoming well adjusted and going to Ivy League schools and kind of getting oh, wow. his shit together. Um, but like, you know, up till then it sucked. Here's the thing. His dad never talked about it, but his dad had the same thing and the way his parents reacted to it was they put him into school three grades up. So he struggled his whole so then life. He's feeling dumb the whole yeah. time. Feeling like an idiot the whole time, but he didn't have some of the bullying. And then his grandpa had it, and his grandpa's parents' way of dealing with it was not to put him in school at all, but take him on the road as a traveling salesman, put him in a little suit, and use, <laughs> like, because it was fucking 1900s. Oh, fuck it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, his grandpa hated that. So he ran away, and World War I happened. So he signed up at age 11. Oh, my God. 10 years old. I was expecting like 13. Nope. 10 years old. They sent him into war where he was assigned as a chauffeur and he drove around generals even though he was 10 years old. 
Wow. I bet he um, fucking loved that, though. Yeah. <laughs> Ten-year-old. And they, well, yeah. And then he, when he was 11, they put him into airplanes. And he flew around oh shooting God. shit. But he, like, he was always fucking up because he was a yeah, kid. Yeah, 11. Yeah. So, like, they'd keep court-martialing him. Then they'd punish him. Finally, they were like, you know, because he crashed a plane or something um, for being a dumbass. They sent him to the front. And he fought in, like, the trenches and shit. And then when he came back, that was the time when they finally realized his true age because his parents came back and were like, oh, my God, that's our kid. And they produced the birth certificate. And that's when they found out he was 13. And he's seen like death and yeah. shit. And, and survived it. He yeah. was immediately the celebrated like youngest soldier in World War One, and became kind of a minor <laughs> celebrity. Of course. Yeah. And his name was Bud Burley. Uh, that's a good name hell yeah i like that name yeah the youngest yank um wow and then yeah then he was 14 years old and then again like all whatever was special about him melted away because everybody else caught up so like it's just this weird situation you get thrown into so uh it's an awful awful problem to have when you're a kid right the question this author asks is um he and his wife couldn't conceive so they did in vitro they did the in vitro and now they have the option to remove this genetic malformation mm. oh. and they're like struggling with do they do it because yes. yeah life was awful but also without those trials would i be the person i am today etc cetera, etc cetera, the sure. general thing but here's the thing they did no hormone therapy for grandpa he was uh, I mean, in the dark ages, essentially, in terms of medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did no hormone therapy for dad because it was the 50s and they just repressed everything and tried to hide it. They did try experimental hormone therapy for the author of the story in the 80s and they gave him a cocktail of spironolactone and one other testosterone blocker that's now called finasteride. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work exactly. It slowed things down for him but it didn't quite like kill the disease. And the problem was when they were like, okay, you're 13. Uh, we don't need this anymore. You're kind mm-hmm. of caught up. Uh, they took him off cold turkey. So his hormones came raging back. Super and he went, puberty. Yeah, he went super scion. <laughs> he was basically fucking the Hulk or whatever. Um, the f- thing is, the Spiro and Finasteride cocktail is literally what they put into... Um, hormone therapy for trans women now. I was going to say... It was developed trying to fight this problem. Well, I mean, these things were developed trying to just figure out hormones, but like they've realized that that's what it's useful for. Are you okay? Did you just have like a brain aneurysm? No, I just put chili lime from the... Oh, no! I was like, Lisa's making the worst face. I just put it in my eye. Wait, water in your face. Yeah. Water no, in your face. no, it'll just get my <laughs> mascara in my eye and then it'll be a whole thing. Chili lime mascara. God damn it. <laughs> I, I thought am, you were about to sneeze, but you were just no, being really dramatic about it. No. Go wash your fine. eye out in no, the bathroom. No, it's fine. It's going to be fine. Okay. I'm sorry. I was going to say yeah. that I recognize those two drugs as as that, which is interesting. Yeah. So, and here's the here's the thing that fascinated me about the article is the reason they were trying to medically treat this is not because the kid had a hard life; they didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. It was because when your body's in puberty that young, your bones grow too fast. Okay. And then they fuse together too soon, and you stop growing. 
Um, I was and you live less long and you are like five six or wherever you stop at 13 right yeah and is your brain just under does it develop at at the same rate as a kid no brain yeah brain doesn't change this is that's the thing (laughs) hormones are just this evil alien substance our body has nothing to do with our brains and how they work right so um what that's what they tell that to my period (laughs) (laughs) i will i'll describe it in detail um but so they were trying to cure it from that aspect however this Mm -hmm. dude has super tall genes like his brother's six eight so he grew up to be five eleven so it wasn't a big deal like he didn't care about the height thing and then you know his bones were fine right um now they figured out the right cocktail that if your kid is born like this they know how to fully block those hormones because the transgender community has allowed this study to go on in a longevity way and they know how to control it more and so it's almost like it's a back and forth like they gave us this cocktail and then we gave them back a refined treatment so they'll actually fix this problem so your kid doesn't have to go through all these symptoms and all that they can actually taper it they know how to calibrate it and all that stuff so they opted not to have it genetically removed. And they're like, we can manage this better with drugs now. But if there's any like residual selfness in there, we don't want to screw with it. Right. You know what I mean? Like those are our genes. So That's I have a question. A cool yeah. Decision. If, yeah. So it's only happening in boys primarily? It can only happen in, it can it, only okay. happen in men. You have to have, have testicles. The boy gene. Oh yeah, yeah that's To right. have this. So the equivalent in women it is it does exist it's called precocious puberty but like just physically your uterus and uh ova they can't grow fast enough to cause the problem what happens is you just get your period a couple years early got it it doesn't so send you off until because testosterone is an evil drug and estrogen right (laughs) i assume that um if you realize that your baby has it you can't give them blockers immediately you would know because it doesn't spontaneously erupt it's in your family or it okay isn't. so like it can skip a generation at most but like you'll know if right. your parent or grandparent had it that you're at risk for it right and then the doctors can tell oh this is but you texto- testotoxicosis can carry it? and we can yes you could carry it you never know yeah I could care. We could all have it. Um, but so if like, I'm just curious when the prime time to give the baby drugs would be to stop it. 18 months. 18 months that early. You have to. If you want to really block it because that's when the symptoms start developing and the bones are growing. Does it make their dick smaller? No, it makes it normaler. It makes it... I, I don't you're know. Not, I'm just curious. You're not undoing anything. Do they have you're giant dicks? Just blocking it. Yeah. Without yeah. this, yes. For their age. And then by the time they get to 14, they have whatever dick oh, they're going to have. But I'm like... Not, right. This but they get old, it real young. There's a crazy story in here about when he was going to the National Institutes for Health to get this experimental hormone therapy. He had to go to a basement where this one doctor just photographed medical anomalies like water on the oh. brain and stuff like that. And they made like him strip dick. down and like take pictures of Poor his like kid. pubic haired giant no. four year old right. dick no. until his mom was like, <laughs> that's enough. That. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she cut that off because she was like, this isn't no, for science. No, I don't no. think. Also, it's in a basement. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. Really creepy. 
But yeah, everybody was really creepy to him. And he talks about like kind of the pain of being sexualized from a super young age. Right. Like every time he went to the pediatricians, nobody could help but be like, but, whoa, shit. look at that hairy donkey dick on this yeah. baby. Oh, I, God. It's kind of awful. It's so gross. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Really it's terrible. It's not that kid's fault, obviously. It's just, it's just gross. <laughs> it's just another reason why so every child fine. in the world should be on testosterone blockers until other further notice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I mean, that it sucks, but also, like, I don't know. Maybe it shouldn't be a big deal that the kid has a giant dick. Yeah, it's like if like it shouldn't be, but I get why it is. I don't know if it can I be managed. Well, like mean, if you're a little bigger and stronger, and like yeah, it, it, that's not a big deal. With, but if the aggression is like, and the sexuality yeah. is like, yeah. But with yeah, babies, they just measure everything. Also, it's like, well, they're in the ninety percentile of this, or like, yeah. if your head is too big, or do they measure dicks? I only have daughters. I I don't know. I don't know. If I don't do have that. any. I think children. this is more like of an at a glance thing. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, if that comes into my doctor's office, I'm going to do a double take. On, yeah, of course. And it's a on one preteen size dick on a four year old. The frequency yeah. of this in the population is about one in a million. It's not very common. Yeah. Yeah. And it's highly hereditary. So it's like locked into certain like family yeah. lines. Yeah. So it's not like one in a million. Like you never know. It's more like one in a million. And if you got it, you're that's, that's what your it. family deals with. And But it's interesting is that it's not uh quote unquote racial it's not like a thing like sickle cell or whatever mm-hmm. it there's cases in china japan africa it's just kind of this random genetic mutation that can mm. fall off in any bloodline and then it just stays there wow yeah the well. end <laughs> the end <laughs> I, I just like that hard blessings hard, hard blessings, blessings. <laughs> well that was a lot of dick talk. Yeah, yeah back to ladies. Dick Kid talk. dick. Ugh, don't. Don't. Ugh, no. Don't like that. Was that not what we were talking about? It was exactly what we were talking okay. about. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I look. I'm never gonna say it again. No, you're but I had about to say, to say it, it at least right once. Now I can see it. No. It's on the tip of your tongue. Oh, Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You left it wide open. I couldn't, I just couldn't <laughs> not say it. Getting my papers ready. <clears throat> we broke Lisa. We did. She Either that she or she did. got more chili she lime did. sauce in her eye. I can't really tell. Her. She's purposefully putting it in her eyes now so she can. She's blinding herself. herself. Yeah. yeah, like Oedipus. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, here we go. Exactly like Oedipus. <laughs> my story is about a woman named Anna Delvey and I don't know if y'all watch the Firefest docs yes, but in one of them they're talking about Billy and how they're comparing him to these other people who were fraudulent and they mentioned the name Anna Delvey and I was like who the fuck is that so that's where this came from only good things coming out of that documentary now um <clears throat> all right so let's start with a hotel. It's the 11 Howard Hotel. And there's a girl working the front desk. Her name is Neferti- Nefertari, but she goes by Nef. And she meets this girl 
who is like, I'm here looking for the best food in Soho. And Neff is like, okay, uh, let me, what about this spot? What about this spot? And Anna Delvey, this girl, is like, no, I want something classier than that. And she books a room at the Howard Hotel. Just the deluxe, not the suite. It's $400 a night. So not the biggest one. And this is February 18th, 2017. So everyone at the hotel, including Neff, starts to get to know this girl, Anna, who's like, I'm here on business. I'm going to be staying for a few months. Uh, everyone loves her because she just keeps giving everyone $100 bills. Like, oh, that girl, Neff, you gave me advice on where to go eat. Here's a $100 bill. You took my bags up. Here's a $100 bill. Blah, blah, blah. She's just constantly handing out money. So people are like, this bitch is the real deal. She's rich AF. <laughs> and she tells people that she's an heiress type from Germany. An heiress type? Yes. Okay. Like her dad does something and she has money overseas, right? Okay. Uh, She had interned a few years back for this uh, famous, I think it's a magazine over in Paris called Purple. And Hmm. so there were pictures of Anna at Paris Fashion Week, which is a really big deal. Like you can't buy Paris Fashion Week tickets. You have to just be invited. So through Paris Fashion Week, she kind of knows who the really big people are who you would see in New York that have a bunch of money and buy high-end fashion. So she's into that. That's what she likes. On top of her saying that she's trying to start this business. So Anna starts hanging out with Neff. She would come down to the front desk and just hang out and Neff said that she was always kind of not really racist but kind of classist and would look down on people for not having certain things and stuck uh, up snooty yeah very snooty acted exactly like a New York socialite like a white woman yeah like all white women (laughs) the worst so she's wanting to launch this business called the so or wait what did she want to call it she wanted it to be in soho and it was a soho house ish type club focused on art with locations in la hong kong dubai and london and she starts getting neff to organize business meetings with random people who are important at all of the hottest places to eat she uh is always paying for everything. So in New York, no small amount of cash in circulation was coming from Anna Delvey. She gave to everyone. Uber drivers would get cash, fucking meals, everything. She couldn't get enough of spending any of her money, but she always paid cash. Okay. Right? So... Neff's boyfriend starts thinking like, why are you spending all this time with this girl? And Anna is like, 
you should just dump him. And she's like, you're right, I should. <laughs> so she dumps this guy and they oh hang God. out even more. And she's hanging out with Anna because Anna knows everyone. And they're going to dinners with Macaulay Culkin. And like all these fucking people are around all the time. And she seemed like she had been on the New York social scene all the time. And it's because she was. People just assumed that because she was around, she was supposed to be there. So she tells a bunch of people that she's from Cologne, but her German's not very good. And she's very <laughs> weird about her wealth. And they just, nobody really knows what's happening. So she starts hanging out with uh, this guy named Michael Huang, who was a collector and founder of M Woods Museum in Beijing. And Anna's like, oh my God, we're best friends now. We've met once. We should go to Venice B or Venice Biennale. The Biennial. <clears throat> Biennial? Mm-hmm. Nice. That sounds fancy. Automaton. Yeah. It, it's automaton. a big art show like oh okay. Every other year. I've never heard of it. Every but- other year or two every twice a year. Right. I think so year. Anna says this to the guy who's would be the one to invite her there. And he's like, well, um, we just kind of met. But OK, he's like, whatever. I'll book the plane. She asks him to book the plane tickets and the hotel and she's going to pay him back. And he's like, well, it was only like a few thousand dollars, like four or five thousand dollars. It's not a whole bunch of money. So whatever. Ugh. They go over. And of course, um, Anna afterwards doesn't send him any money at all. And he just kind of blows it off and is like, eh, it's not that much money. So she this is her thing. This is what she does. So the following January, she hires a PR team to plan a birthday party for her at this restaurant Sadell's in Soho I'm sorry but life goal right to hire a PR team to plan a birthday party for me to plan your birthday party yes so everyone is there and uh, Huang is there and he's still kind of in the back of his mind is like this bitch owes me like a few grand but whatever Um, they're still fine hanging out and um after posting her picture with him on instagram the restaurant hits up huang and they're like hey do you know this girl and he's like i mean you know sort of like they're like do you have your contact information he's like i yeah i think (laughs) and they they're like he didn't she didn't ever pay her bill like she this entire party she just didn't pay for they left <laughs> she just dined and dashed yeah, on yeah, a pr yeah. planned birthday party the whole thing she just did it so she keeps doing this over and over again with different types of situations wow people keep thinking she has this family money and she, her thing on top of doing that is also telling people that she's going to wire them money yeah <clears throat> and so i guess with wiring money you can get proof of it but it doesn't necessarily go through immediately yeah so she's doing that and she's 
starts applying for big loans because she wants to make her well one she wants to make that club mm-hmm. <laughs> but she also wants to have the Anna Delvey Foundation to like help oh, yeah. out because she's a good Samaritan yeah um she's uh the, her project, she decided, would need about $25 million. And she's trying to raise money for that. She obviously keeps lying to people to try and get that. Um, so she gets this bank to put in for or a fortress investment group. Um And in that letter, the group wrote that her personal assets, which are quite substantial, are located on the outside of the U.S., some of them in trust with UBS outside of the U.S. And so there are banks that are still buying her bullshit that are getting solicited from other things that are also giving her money. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. It's kind of complicated. It's like a circular... Yeah, so she's borrowing... To borrow more. Yeah. So if one of the banks was like, we don't necessarily believe you for giving you $25 million. So as good faith, we want you to give us, put $100,000 into our bank. And once we see that money, we'll front you the rest of it. And so she starts reaching out to other investment things, asking for them to give her just $100,000 based on her like, saying i have money overseas which does end up happening but she gets kind of freaked out about the 25 million dollar one because they are like seriously looking into her (laughs) yeah no that that's money because that's a lot a lot a lot of money so the hotel eventually starts to pick up on things so she's been at staying at the howard for over a month and they don't they realize they don't have a credit card on file for her they don't have the wire transfer because it never fucking went through mm-hmm. and nobody can figure out really where this girl even came from and they tell neff because neff seems to be her friend and she's like hey man like i really need this thing and um she goes to Anna and she's like, hey, you have to pay some of this money because you're fucking everybody over. And a month and a half after, or she had been at the hotel a month and a half and she owed $30,000. Oh my God. Wow. As well as charges from like the restaurant hotel. And so Neff tells her she needs to pay her bill. Anna's like yeah sure and she says the wire transfer is on the way it should arrive within the next few days and um nothing comes up but a few days later anna shows back up and she has a case of 1975 don perignon and gives it to everybody in the staff and they're all like you know, it's fine. Yeah, for she's a, cool. Yeah, for a little bit longer. So she just keeps doing this. Uh, so they eventually ki- pretty much kind of kick her out of the hotel. And 
she's like, fine, I'm going to go to another hotel. And then she's like, no, I'm going to go to Omaha. She convinces a private jet thing to charter her flight all the way to Omaha so she can. Nebraska? Yeah, so she can meet with Warren Buffett. Uh, yeah. So nice. I like her. She's doing all this fucking crazy stuff and it's starting to finally kind of crumble around her. Did she hit up Buffett for money or what? Uh I don't know if she actually she even meet met him, him okay. no. But um so she's out of the hotel but she goes into this other one and they kind of get wise to it a little bit faster. And um, Anna, she she had been going to this trainer named Rachel Williams and they had also sort of become friends kind of like her and Neff had. And um, so she starts to lean on her trainer for help. And one day... Excuse me. Rachel gets a call from Anna, who is alone at the Four Seasons in Casablanca and is hysterical. And she says there's a problem with her bank. Her cards aren't going through and the hotel is threatening to call the police. And Anna's Rachel is like, um, OK, well, can I talk to the hotel management? You know, like, let's see what we can do. Right. And they're like, we're going to fucking arrest this bitch if we don't get this money. And she's like, fuck. So they she's thinking this is my friend still. OK, I'm going to. Here's my credit card. No, please help her. It doesn't go through. Then or the trainer asks her other friend if they can try her card. It also doesn't go through. So by just some freak accident, Anna gets out of this one because obviously there's something actually the matter with their credit card bullshit. And she's, they can't like arrest her on it. Oh my God. Wow. She comes back or she wants to come back (laughs) and she's Rachel's like, well, I don't know how you're going to get back. She's like, I, I can, you know, Rachel says, okay, I can help you get a flight back. I'll help play, pay for your flight. And Anna's like, can you get me into first class? Oh, oh my God. such a sweetie. Yep. I like yep. her. So considerate. <laughs> so, wow. sorry, there's so much stuff that she sorry. did. Four Seasons Casablanca is nice. Oh, I'm. I can only imagine it's like the craziest, nicest place ever. Yeah, I don't want to stick get stuck there. So, <laughs> she gets into the Beekman Hotel. Oh, um, back in those hotel times, uh, after twenty days at her stay at the Beekman, she's pop that balance up to almost $12,000. They also are like, we still don't have a card for you. The wire never went through. We're locking you out of your room and taking all of your belongings. And then she had to go stay at the W hotel for two days. And then no hotel will take her. What? She calls up Rachel again. 
poor fucking Rachel. And she's like, hey, Rachel, guess what? I'm like, right outside your house, girl. <laughs> and uh, Rachel's <laughs> like, I don't want to fucking do this. I'm on a date. I have someone at my house. And she's like, I'm just trying to start my business. Another my cards are working and I can't stay anywhere. And she's like, you should call your parents. And she's like, no, I will maybe. But can I stay here tonight? And she's like, fucking fine. <laughs> so she lets her into her house. She stays. And um, while she's there that one night, Rachel starts to be like, this is not right. Yeah. Like, I'm starting to really, really think that this woman is full of shit. Yeah, because if you have more money than God, this doesn't happen yeah, to you. Yeah, it doesn't. Especially not yeah, more than not once. Yeah. So yeah. She, the next day, she tells Anna, like, sorry, you're on your own. Anna purposefully leaves her laptop there. Okay. And Rachel sees Classic it. Classic move. Yeah, Rachel mm-hmm. sees it, goes and puts it at her front desk. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this person left it here. If they come back, please give it to them. I do not want them coming up to my house at all. Mm. And... uh so the next day, Anna tries to come back, obviously, and get into the room. And they're like, no, bitch, you here's your computer. You can't fucking go up there. Um, and then I guess she had told some people that maybe she was living there. And like these people tr- showed up and tried to get $62,000 from Rachel because of something that Anna had like put on her. Oh, wow. Um, Anna just totally fucks over Rachel. And then the Beekman Hotel and the W decide that they're going to post something about or they tell mm-hmm. about Anna. And the first headline is wannabe socialite busted for skipping out on pricey hotel bills and so anna's world more crumbling crumbling so boop sorry that's just a lot no you're fine so here it's all very recent and it's all a lot yeah it's a whole whole lot uh so it turns out, obviously, that Anna's hotel bills were the first loose threads in a web of fraudulent activity that started to unravel in November of 2016. She had forged documents claiming that she was her net worth was $60 million and they were in Swiss accounts to City National Bank. trying. And she says this while she's trying to get a $22 million loan. They don't go for it. But they do keep, like I said, giving our smaller, smaller loans. And so she's just cashing them. And that's how she was giving out cash to everybody. Okay. So she deposited $160,000 worth of bad checks. She And before they realize that they're bad, she'll like deposit all of them and be like, well, can I get like half of it? Yeah. And so they'll give her like 70000 in cash with the anticipation of having the actual deposit the actual within balance. the next few days. Right. So that all happens. <laughs> Shit keeps going. She gets arrested. Um, she is charged with six counts of grand larceny, attempted grand larceny, and... Um, it happens. Oh, yeah. It happens when she 
finally goes to L.A. on a planned trip for which she obviously Dude. paid with fake money with. Yeah. And they're like, you're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and arrest her in L.A. And she is currently in Rikers now hanging out. Um, <laughs> she says that she loves L.A. It's like L.A. in the winter and New York in the spring and autumn and Europe in the summer. Uh, she Yes, those are all things. Yeah, all yeah. things. Things in time. She <laughs> describes, yeah, Rikers as not that bad. Um, she... <laughs> you hear that, W? Burn. Yeah, it's yeah. not that it's bad. It's not as bad as the W. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm used to this kind that. of shit. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm related to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the W is a very nice hotel. No, it is. It really is. But that's why it's that's why it's funny. That's why we're being so. Oh, I have a question for you. Okay. Okay. Um, So she meets all these, you know, she's been meeting people and this is just catching up with Anna now. Uh, She met a couple girls who are in there for financial crimes as well. Oh, she says. Are they a club? Yeah. Quote, this one girl, she's been stealing other people's identities. I didn't realize it was so easy. (laughs) So she's learning new skills while in prison. Um, But yeah, she's in Rikers and her parents, people found her actual parents. She is not from Germany. She is from a small town in Russia. Russia. Um, Her parents are working folks. They weren't like super poor. They're not super rich. Like. They she got all the way through high school and they were helping her and then she just decided to go off and commit a whole 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 bunch of uh, fraud. Um, That's insane. And get a lot of Instagram pictures along the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Plenty she was of like Instagram. Yeah. Famous. Yeah. Yep. Infamous. Infamous. Infamousa. Automaton. <laughs> Text a tosty post about. <laughs> wow. What Sorry, we- that was long. It was. It's a lot of stuff. It is. Aren't they thinking about making a movie? Yes. Yeah. Netflix is going to make a series. Or mm. I don't know if they're making a movie or a series. Who is it, it that's playing her? I have no idea. But I remember in this article, she it. talks It better be about, Jennifer Lawrence. She talks based on the about photos. who she wants to play her oh yeah yeah i know yeah. she said she wanted someone she specific. wants certain people to play her but i kind of skipped over that part because i was like you fucking bitch <laughs> you can't choose that hmm. but anyways well what did we learn oh boy oh boy let's see um princesses money money can't buy you love can't buy me love <laughs> is that what yours was about <laughs> no i feel like I that's what both of ours were about i know yeah. mine wouldn't mine didn't fit it fit uh, right in the middle that's what we learned no it was good mine didn't fit it didn't fit <laughs> Gross. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. Okay, bye. Follow us. Yes. At Weird Brunch. Uh huh. 
rate us, yeah. right? That's yeah. what you said. Mm-hmm. Rate us, share it. Uh, remember it. Always treasure it. Yes. Love it. Hard blessings. Hard blessings. Hard blessings. <laughs>